Hello, I'm Stacey Murda, health coach and yoga teacher, passionate about supporting your health and well-being. This wellness podcast is focused on bio-individuality, knowing that one size does not fit all. As a coach, it is my goal to empower you with the knowledge, tools and techniques you need to make the right decisions to support your health goals. I hope it brings you the inspiration that you need. Hi everyone, welcome to this week's podcast. I am so excited to speak to you all today and I hope that you've had a great start to your January. I hope that you're not too overwhelmed by what you're seeing within the wellness field and just not not even just the wellness field but on a hold on a hold there's a lot of social media content out there and feels like a lot of pressure and I think a lot a lot of you are pretty wise to this so I hope that you're kind of taking it all with a little pinch of salt and just doing what feels good for you and what feels good for you is what's really important with absolutely anything in life so it's important that you're doing whatever it is that resonates with you whatever feels that it aligns with you and so this week I really wanted to touch on diets so (laughs) this is a controversial controversial one and I suppose it's because I know that come January and I've been susceptible to this myself where it's like right going to lose the weight and you know I've got to shift this amount xyz and so on and so forth and we've got this big goal in mind about how we want to look and how we want to feel and by what time frame and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that in the slightest whatsoever but what I'm going to discuss today is the why what is the goal within the goal, if that makes sense, and getting to the root reasons of why you're actually doing this fad diet and is it going to be sustainable long term? Who wants to be on a diet, get all the successes, and then all of a sudden you go back to your normal eating patterns, you've learned nothing new because you've been restricted and in a calorie deficit where you've been excluding food groups for no apparent reason. And so it is, for me, it's about learning about your nutrition. It's about learning about you and what's going on in your life. So as a nutritional health coach, I coach on a bio-individuality basis, which means that we assess what's happening in your primary foods And primary foods is absolutely everything that's happening in your life. That goes through your career, your finances, your social connections, your relationships, um, your creativity, your spirituality, all of these practices that make us whole, that really give us that sense of a a fulfilling life. And so really what I do is as a coach, I will look at everything with you in terms of what's happening in your primary food chart. And then we look at nutrition secondary. Because a lot of the time, 
where we're out of balance, perhaps in terms of our primary foods and what's happening in our day to day life can be impacting what we're eating and impacting the nutritional value of the food that we're consuming. And so that's what's really important in terms of sustainable weight loss and reaching your goals that aren't just about, you know, this year, but are going to see you through for the rest of your life. This is about taking real action that's going to last the test of time and is going to put you in a better frame of mind, a more positive mindset, and about knowing what you're feeding your body, why you're feeding your body, and ultimately, what is it you're looking to get out of it. If you are just wanting the weight loss goal and you're okay with the potential um the potential downfall of obviously gaining the weight back again um then yeah fire on um I have honestly I have been in the past on pretty much every fad diet um that is going I started dieting when I was about 12. I was very self-conscious about my body. Um, I was made up, made fun of in my teen years by boys at school. Um, that has stuck with me, unfortunately. It's something that I've had had to work really hard to shake. Um, to the point where in relationships I find it quite difficult to eat in front of boyfriends because in my head I would think, oh, that's why they think I'll be fat, um, which is stupid. Even as I said out loud um, to you guys, I know how silly it sounds. But these things have an impact on us growing up. And I think what we're fed from media, from peers and so on, it has a huge detrimental effect in terms of our relationship with food, our relationship with ourselves. And Coming into January, into a new month, into the start of a new year, what I would implore you to do is be kinder to yourself and acknowledge what is really good about your body and what's really good about you and what you love about yourself. And that doesn't have to have be a whole list of different things. But it comes, for me personally, it comes from a place of gratitude I have a healthy body and although there may be times where I need to lose a few pounds and I want to do that for various different reasons, it's about coming from a place of gratitude and knowing that I can and knowing that I'm in a space where I have a healthy body that can move daily and I'm breathing and I'm able to use all bodily functions. For that, I am so grateful. And I don't want to punish my body for that either. So I think going back to obviously being, you being, you oh, can't even speak, using fad diets, I was always chasing the weight loss goal. I was always wanting to look well. I wanted to be more attractive. If I was slimmer, I wanted to look good, feel good within my own body. So, I, I mean, I didn't feel comfortable in my own skin. And obviously there's emotional work to do with that as well. But 
I didn't. And so I wanted to feel comfortable in my clothes. I wanted to feel attractive. And so there was a lot of different reasons. And I was chasing that weight loss goal. So I was on Weight Watchers, Slimming World. No, actually, I didn't do Slimming World. I did Weight Watchers. I did Atkins. I did, I think it was the heart attack diet or something. There was some sort of diet and it was like one boiled egg peanut butter on toast um it was random it was that was like three days you had to do that one for and cabbage soup diets juice diets um everything I've done a lot of them and I ultimately yes I got um the weight loss but And I always thought I had won it. I always thought, oh, great, we've reached that weight loss goal. And, you know, you can just add different things back in, but you can manage it. It's fine. Like, you've got this. You've, you know, you you know how to do it. Um, But no, ultimately, whether it would be a year or two years down the line, I would regain and what what I didn't know at the time and what people don't tend to tell you when they tell you to go into a calorie deficit is that our body then gets a new set point. And this set point means that, so for me personally, I have been on a calorie deficit a lot of my life between 12 and 1400 calories, no more than 1500 calories a day. I'm not like telling you that that's what you need to be on or anything like that but because I have restricted myself so for so long for so many years that means that if I was to try and start eating a diet of about 2,000 calories a day I would need to up my energy expenditure levels even more so than what is possible right now because my body would have to be have to completely adapt and would need the en- energy expenditure to be able to burn those calories because my body's just not built for that anymore and it's because i have messed around with the information that i'm c- communicating with my body so if you're starting to communicate with your body about a calorie deficit and you're in a calorie deficit your maintenance is going to be probably only one or 200 calories more than the calorie deficit that you're on. It's not going to be much higher. So losing the weight on a calorie deficit, whilst it is, yes, it can be something that you need to do, depending on those weight loss goals. But ultimately, you're not going to be able to be eating like you do at the moment once you've um, reached that goal. And I think that's really important. I think it's really important to get clear that the lifestyle that you're leading right now, you need to be fully committed to be going, right, this is not the lifestyle for me long term. I am committed to a diet plan or a diet strategy, if that is your choice. What I recommend is going on a different approach. And that's what I'm going to talk about today. And I'm going to give you some valuable tips on how you can sustainably lose weight, but without counting the calories necessarily, 
and getting more clear on your why. So let's get to the why more so than anything. So what was the catalyst for me to stop calorie counting and really become more in tune with myself, my body, and understand what I was feeding my body, my mind. And when I say mind, I'm being very serious with this. What we feed our bodies impacts our mental health. It impacts the entire chemical structure of the body. So when it comes to eating, I recommend eating whole foods and avoiding processed foods, avoiding emulsifiers and stabilizers and so on that are in processed foods. That includes products that say high protein. So don't come at me. Honestly, look at the ingredients. If there is something on it and it's a chocolate yogurt and it's saying high protein, believe me, it's full of stabilizers, emulsifiers, and they're going to mess up with your endocrine system, your hormones. None of us want that. And it's going to mess up with your cravings as well. So it's important that we eat whole foods. So for me, I was 25, 26. I had been yo-yo dieting for what, 12, 14 years. And I it just got to the point where I was just like, right, what is happening? This has got to change. I can no longer continue to be on these this roller coaster of berating myself, really, because I was giving myself a hard time. So every time I would be successful, it would be great. I'd ride that gravy train and then it get back to a place of I've gained the weight again. How do I get it back off? And then I'd be looking for that quick fix bad diet again oh you've done that oh my god you look amazing um let's give that a try and yeah so for me it was I have to make a complete lifestyle change here and make a change that it doesn't feel like a diet I don't feel restricted and I feel like I'm living my life without feeling that I'm constantly having to look at a menu and manage what I'm eating. And honestly, it became so freeing. I started to research nutrition. I started to research what foods um, were supportive of my body and my mind. And obviously later in that journey, I was diagnosed with or visceral hypersensitivity which is a form of IBS. So I had um, very poor gut health and I had also a diagnosis of SIBO, which is small intestinal bacteria overgrowth. And so I had to follow a low FODMAP diet. As a health coach at this point, I was able to navigate that properly and basically be able to clean my gut. And so from that and from obviously becoming a health coach, I was able to navigate that and learn about the foods that I was consuming and what I was eating. A lot of this as well, in terms of I was working out five times a week and I had reached a point where I wasn't losing weight. 
And this was down to high cortisol levels and obviously a compromised gut. And so if you're in high stress, if your cortisol levels are heightened, you are not going to lose weight. It's all about managing that cortisol level. So particularly if you're doing a lot of high intensity workouts, running, hits, classes, so on and so forth. Those classes are great for fitness, fantastic. But it's about getting a balance of workouts as well. It's about managing stress, which is so important. And this is what supports um, weight loss as well, is managing that stress. So for me, it was crucial that I was educating myself. I didn't get educated in school about nutrition, breath work, anything that I'm now providing as a coach. None of this was accessible to me as a teenager, which I it's I don't know that it's definitely in schools right now, but I think with the world of social media, it is more accessible. However, there's also a lot of misinformation out there that leads people down the garden path of high protein products, which are not very good for us. Protein is very important in our diet. That is an absolute truth. Um, but it's avoiding processed protein products is what I'm talking about. Um, so yeah. So with that in mind, my why con- consistently tended to change. So at this point, when I had a diagnosis of IBS and SIBO, it was very much about healing. It was very much about healing my gut. And at that point in time, I was grieving for my dad. And so it was very much a healing process as well as an educational process Um, and getting on the right track of what my body could consume. Because if you're not aware already, there are a lot of foods that don't agree with certain individuals. So What may agree with me may not agree with you. And that goes with absolutely everything that we consume. And so when we talk about supplements or the likes of probiotics, then that, again, is a really important point because what works for one person doesn't necessarily work for another. So that's what's really important to understand when we're taking anything new into our diet. Um, but for me, the why has changed. So that has gone from a weight loss to healing to obviously an element of weight loss in there because whilst healing, I was trying to get rid of the abdominal fat caused by the cortisol and the gut health issues. Um, and then it comes to a point where I am now 40 and In my mid-30s, I was more inclined where I was more goal-orientated in terms of keeping myself strong, healthy, and active so that I'm able to do live life to the absolute fullest where I can enjoy my life and be strong enough to get up out of the chair. And I am... Ultimately, in terms of what I eat, 
and how I train, it's all about what my life's going to look like when I'm 80, how I'm going to move, am I going to be strong enough to fight off colds and flus and all of those things that will potentially come my way. And so I want to be healthy now, but I'm also investing in my future. And so when it comes to goal setting, particularly when it's in and around a weight loss goal, I would always have that conversation with a coaching client and we would talk through what the why is and what that looks like for them long term. Short term goals are brilliant and really important. Um, But then it is ultimately as well about having that long term goal. So having those short term goals to help with the long term goals is what is really important. So I hope it's given you a little bit of a flavor of why I think fad diets need to do one and know that you're not going to lose 14 stone in a day. (laughs) That's not how life works. And, you know, yeah, it's about being kind to yourself, trusting the process. And so I am going to talk through a few different things that you can consider without feeling restrictive in a weight loss weight loss approach first and foremost get yourself a notebook um or you can do this on your phone whatever is handiest for you and what is going to be something that is going to keep you accountable every day Um, And so what I would recommend is keeping a food diary. This is really helpful because not only is it going to help you keep track of what you're eating day to day, but also what you can start to track is any potential symptoms. So perhaps bloating, um, any irregular bowel movements, things like that, that tend to be triggered by certain foods and drinks. Um, so I think a food diary is really helpful. So even if you're not on a weight loss journey, but perhaps you've um not been feeling great in yourself lately, keep a food diary and just keep track of what you're eating, how you feel after you've consumed the foods. Has it had an impact on your day? Any symptoms that have cropped up and kind of keep a track of that. This is really helpful, especially if you are to go and seek um, an appointment with your GP, that you have that food diary and that you can then give them that and the symptoms that have come up for absolutely anything. So I highly recommend keeping that food diary so that you can have it easy to access for any given point so food diary keep yourself a notebook and let's get into some of the other key areas that I think will really help you if you are on a weight loss journey so eat whole foods we touched on it earlier and so what I recommend is trying your utmost to avoid processed foods Now, I know this can be difficult and I know it's for handiness, convenience, but if you can start to get into a habit of eating 
whole foods. And eating whole foods means that it's not necessarily from a packet. So it's fresh, whole produce. So whether that's the fruit and veg, fish, meat, whatever you're eating in your diet, make sure that it's fresh. And fresh is frozen as well and canned. So like canned chickpeas, beans, pulses, lentils, um, and in your fruit and veg aisles, you know, you can do a lot of frozen fruit and veg. So I um, use a lot of frozen berries um, just because they're not necessarily in season when I, I want them. So the frozen ones are much better. They hold the nutrients for a lot longer. And I like them frozen in my yogurt. I think they taste nicer. Um, and if you buy them frozen, they're cheaper ultimately in those bigger bags. So eating whole foods is a huge one to try. So try and limit all the packaged items, especially when you can't pronounce the ingredients. So look at the labels. If there's anything on there, then please just discount it. It's not worth it to try and look at another label of another brand and learn to cook. So experiment with new healthy recipes. Look at it, at it as an exciting um, opportunity to learn something new and experiment with new recipes. And again, if you want to do the calorie deficit way, then this, all of these tips will absolutely lend itself to the calorie deficit, but it means that you're not cutting out food groups, okay? So you can absolutely have carbohydrates. Carbohydrates give us energy, really important in our diet. So please don't cut carbs out. Um, protein, really important source. It helps muscle growth and it helps repair our muscles and cells within the body. So really important. Fats and oils. So they are also a vital nutrient and a vital source um, for the body and the mind. So in terms of good fats, olive oil, nuts, seeds, avocados. So they these are really important. So packed with omegas and again, really good in terms of lowering cholesterol so if you've got bad high cholesterol then introduce more omegas so like fatty oily fishes and so on are great mackerel sea bass um, salmon those kind of ingredients are really great and with your diet make sure that you're including high fiber vegetables to support good digestion but also to fill you up so really what I would say in terms of the veg, try and go a lot of dark leafy greens. They're really great, um, especially during winter, a little bit more earthy, more grounding. Particularly through winter, what I would say as well, and if you have a sweet tooth, try and go for root vegetables and include them quite often throughout your day. So root vegetables is basically anything that comes out of the ground so the likes of sweet potatoes um parsnips carrots you'll notice that obviously they have a little bit of a sweetness and so that sweetness tends to satisfy sweet cravings and 
if you're curious about your cravings as well, what I would say is sometimes cravings is something to do with your primary foods and not necessarily also with your nutrition. Although it can be a sign that you're missing vital nutrients. And so it's not necessarily your body saying, I want the chocolate. It could be your body saying, I'm missing some magnesium um, or zinc or something. So it's important to really listen to your body. And I think when you start to take this notebook and you start to go down this path, this is where you become more intuitive of your body. There's a lot of practices out there associated with intuitive eating. And I am absolutely all for intuitive eating. But it's a careful one. You need to be careful about intuitive eating. Intuitive eating doesn't mean just eat what you want. It means you're in tune with your body and know when you're hungry and know what your body's craving. And understanding about what your body is wanting and what it wants from a nutritional value point of view rather than what it sees. Because a lot of the time what we see, we associate just with the taste and the taste buds as opposed to, right, okay, well, what's that actually giving my body in terms of vital nutrients? So that's what's really important um, in becoming in tune with your body. So journal, keep a track of everything, eat whole foods. So fresh produce, whether, it fro- whether it's frozen or fresh, you decide. But again, you can absolutely do all of this on a budget. You can be healthy on a budget. And so it's just navigating your way around the supermarket aisles and navigating what you can freeze to be more budget friendly and prepping ahead of time, which is really important. And I think definitely prep work in terms of preparing your body or preparing your food every day is really important and it can be really helpful in in stemming away from any urges to reach for those convenience um, processed foods. And then portion control. This is a huge one. And I think when you are potentially reduce, reducing your calorie intake and leaning into this calorie deficit to reach a weight loss goal, a lot of the time it's not about restricting um, what you eat, it's restricting how much. And because a lot of the time we do over over consume how much food we're actually eating and I'm not sure if you're you've noticed yourself but dinner plates are huge these days you know when you're in the homework section and it doesn't mean that you need to fill the plate you know so get yourself a good size of a side plate so not like a saucer we obviously want a side plate um, instead of those huge dinner plates because obviously they're more fashion-based than they are in terms of measuring portions. So be realistic in the approach when it comes to portion size on your plate. And good rule of thumb, really, in terms of whatever 
it might be that you're having is your fist. So if you can carry a um, scoop of rice or pasta or what have you, that's usually the portion. Um, and then <clears throat> try to lend or add in a lot more vegetables um, than the more calorie dense um, foods, which will be really helpful. Excuse me, just taking some water. And that is another thing. Lending into it nicely. Hydrate. So I have a liter bottle of water. And so I tend to try and drink about three of these a day. I have it by my bed so that every single morning when I wake up, I can straight away take a drink. And actually, I'm always thirsty when I wake. So not like gasping, but I'm always like, it's just become such a habit for me that it's just so natural that I'm, I feel thirsty to drink water when I get up. And there is science behind this. So we have absolutely been fasting our bodies throughout the night. So when you're asleep, you are fasting, you're resting, your body is recovering. And this is what makes rest so important and sleep so important is that when you're in that recovery period, your body is rebooting. So imagine, you know, obviously a phone and your battery's died and you're recharging it. That's exactly what's happening in your sleep. And our brain is having a cleansing bath, you know, through that through that rest period. So first thing in the morning, if you're if you drink a glass of water, it doesn't have to be a liter bottle or anything like that. But if you just have a glass of water by your bed or a bottle of water, so that you can wake and take some water into your body, it not only helps flush toxins from the body, it but it in hydrates your entire body and your mind. So if you imagine like we shower in the morning, you're basically hydrating from the inside out and cleansing the body. And so that's why it makes it so important. So you're wakening up your organs, you're wakening up your mind, which is obviously an organ. Um, and so if you start to get into a daily habit of just adding a drink of water upon waking honestly please try this and see how you feel with this in mind if you are a coffee drinker and you like your caffeine I recommend that you don't have your coffee for about two to three hours after you've woken up and I definitely recommend that you drink water before you so hydrate before you caffeinate so make sure that you're drinking plenty of water before you have that coffee and reach for the caffeine coffee is good for us there's been recent studies showing that there's polyphenols in coffee so 100% if you drink coffee I'm not going to tell you to stop I enjoy a cup myself for me I don't necessarily get a caffeine hit um I don't really understand that, you know, maybe I'm drinking the wrong coffee, I don't know. 
Um, but obviously for a lot of people, that's why they drink coffee because they get a little bit of a buzz. I enjoy the taste of it, but I don't take it every day. And if I do take it, I'm taking it once a day. Um, I don't think very rarely I would maybe take two a day. And for me, again, just make sure that I'm drinking plenty of water before and after so that my body's not dehydrating. We can tell our body is dehydrated in many different ways. Headaches, nausea. Um, and so even on the skin, I can tell when I'm dehydrated. I can tell by looking at someone else when they're dehydrated by their skin. And so obviously as we age, we want to have plumper, fuller skin. And yeah, so it's important to stay hydrated. And if you are experiencing headaches throughout the day, always try and think, did I have enough water? And try and get yourself um, hydrated some more and see whether or not that supports the symptom of the headache. Um, a lot of the time, it's a signal to your brain telling you, hey, I'm dehydrated. Come, come feed me some water. And yeah. So keep an eye out on what your body's telling you and listen to whether or not you need some water. And yeah, water isn't soda drinks either. <laughs> Regular H2O, get it in you. Try to avoid any carbonated drinks and please try to avoid energy drinks um, full of nasties. They're not good for you. Um, so if you can avoid them, please do so. Mindful eating is our next one. So how many of us has been working at the desk and we work over lunch and eat our lunch in front of a screen? Yes, I've been guilty of that. Um, and so many people are. And so it's, you know, it's not something that we should ignore. It's not something that, that you know, um, it's to be something that you should deny. Um, but I think definitely it's something we need to be more mindful of. Don't feel guilty about taking a lunch break. Don't feel guilty about taking time to consume your food. Okay, so... I think definitely when we mindfully eat, it makes us more aware about what we're consuming. So every time you're taking a bite to eat, make sure that you're present. Know that you're going to enjoy it and taste the food. Just take your time. So every bite you take, place the cutlery down. Slow chewing will help you savor your food more, but also it will support your digestion. Your digestive system doesn't want a flurry of food just like piling down. Give your body time to chew, digest and savour savor the taste, savour the enjoyment of the food. I think a lot of the time when it comes to, say, I've been in marketing for 15 years, so I've worked in corporate, I've worked in um, office environments and... I think a lot of the time 
you end up eating by the clock and you end up eating whatever you could lay your hands on in terms of a lunch product, whatever that looks like, whether it be a sandwich, a salad, you know, whatever. And you end up just eating by the clock because it's 12, one o'clock, whatever that time is. And you're not actually hungry. And this comes back to obviously keeping that diary and becoming more in tune with you and what you're consuming. So I think mindfulness is a really great one when it comes to eating and being mindful about not only the nutrition that you're consuming and the food that you're eating, but being mindful of how you're eating it. Are you enjoying it? Is the flavors good? Would you eat it again? And yeah, just enjoying that moment, being present. Eat at a dinner table. So if you're in the office, if you have a kitchen area or a canteen, go to the canteen. And what I would say as well to get away from screen time if you're in an office environment is go a walk at lunchtime. If you can, get some fresh air, get away from the screen and then obviously eat your food before or after your walk. And just allow yourself to be present. Be mindful in that moment and grateful for what's on your plate. It's, again, something personal to me. You know, I know that not everyone gets to have um, balanced meals every day. It doesn't go unnoticed to me. And so when we're consuming food, be mindful of the gratitude that it holds. And yeah. So I think that's really important. Be mindful with the food that you're eating, but also the people that you're enjoying it with as well. You know, put the phones away when you're eating, put the screens away and just be in that moment to enjoy it. Okay, move your body. Obviously, if we have a goal in mind of weight loss, then we need to move more. We've all heard the frustrating statement of eat less, move more. And I hear you all screaming at me. It's not that easy. And it's not. It's not. Weight loss is not easy. I have been there. I, you know, I've been there recently. It is not easy. But we make it a lot harder than it needs to be. And ultimately, there is just as I've said to you today, it is about keeping track of what you're consuming, eating whole foods, portion control, hydrating the body, mindful eating, and then moving your body. Get exercise every day. And that doesn't need to be an hour workout. It can be bursts of movement in your day. It could be doing some mindful stretches first thing and last thing in the day. It can be going for a 15 minute walk at lunchtime, whatever feels comfortable for you. But again, when it comes to moving your body, get to understand the why. Understand why you're doing what you're doing. Why are you going to that class? What's it doing for you? Not in the short term, but also in the long term. Why do you enjoy it so much? And what is it doing for for your body and your mind? And 
once you start to get clear on that, it completely flips the viewpoint of why you're doing it. You know, a lot of people come to my yoga classes and they're like, yeah, I'm coming to get more flexible. And then it completely changes over time. It turns out to be, well, actually, I want to be able to pick up my shopping bags when I'm coming in from the car when I'm 80. I want to be able to get myself up out of the chair when I'm 80. And, you know, it also becomes more mindful. It's about my mental health and being more present within my body, being more present with myself. And a lot of the time in bar classes, it's about strength, resistance training, it's about being strong. And so I don't know if anyone has come to any of my classes necessarily with an ultimate weight loss goal, which I love because they're there for the joy of it. They're there for the strength. They're there for the mobility of it. Because every single night when we sleep, there is this little thing called fascia. Fascia tissue grows over our muscles every night. So it is a spider's web, if you can imagine. It's not a spider's web, actually, but I'm just, that's how it kind of fuses itself and grows. It's just beneath the surface of the skin and it grows over the muscles. So when we wake up every day, we sometimes feel a little bit stiffer, so we have to take a big stretch. And so this is why fascia makes everything a little bit more tighter and it needs to be released. So this is why I recommend you moving your body in any way every single day. So again, like I said, get on your yoga mat, do some cat cows, do down dog, do some stretches or go on that 15 minute walk. Stretching, I think, should be a non-negotiable every day anyway. Um, so if you can get into the habit of that and then obviously adding in the those active steps and then adding the other things in that you love and enjoy that weight training, that resistance training, that strength and conditioning, really important as we age. And so I definitely recommend moving your body. Don't feel that you need to move your body to a point of exertion where you're exhausted in the sense where you're doing five hit classes, spin, running, all of those kind of high cortisol inducing um, exercises, make sure that you're getting a balance throughout your week. So you've got seven days. So you wanna make sure that what you're doing brings you joy, but also what you're doing brings you into a state of balance when it comes to your nervous system. So making sure that you're able to navigate that. If you've got a stressful job and you're continuously going and doing hit running and it, it elevating the cortisol levels even more so, then you're going to start to store abdominal fat. You're not going to be shifting towards the weight loss goal that you potentially would be looking for. And so these are just things to consider. What I would recommend is 
finding some mind body movement practices that you can introduce to help bring the nervous system into that parasympathetic state where you're resting and recovering and relaxing. Really important. So having some stress management techniques in your everyday toolbox that you can tap into to make sure that you are stress-free throughout this process of setting this weight loss goal. Really important. And then lastly, and again, not wanting to overwhelm. This is super easy. This is obviously the podcast, the episode as well. So you're going to have this to come back to and, you know, get your notebook and write everything that I've said down. So lastly, sleep. This is the number one. Sleep is number one when it comes to weight loss. If you're not sleeping, then you're going to heighten your cortisol levels even more. You're going to, with not enough sleep, your cravings will get worse. You're going to crave carbs and eat sugary foods throughout the day. This is just a natural process, by the way. It's not that you're doing anything wrong, but your body is going to crave energy and those energy resources will come from carbohydrates and high sugar sugar intake. And so your body is going to be like, I need that. And you're going to be like, yeah, give it to give it to my body, you know. So sleep is so important. Going back to when we spoke about hydration, when you are sleeping, you are recovering. And I think I kind of programmed myself into that years ago. I've always been a pretty good sleeper. And so when I was fully in my fitness regime whilst I was living in Dubai, I would have been up every morning at 5 a.m. and out doing a workout. And so I was all go, go, go. I had high cortisol levels throughout. I also was dealing with um, grief. So my stress levels, I had a high, highly stressed um, marketing job. And so my stress levels were through the roof. Um, but I always remember, and it was always within me that when I was setting my alarm at night to get up at 5am, I would be calculating, making sure that I, that was at least seven to eight hours of sleep that I was getting. And if it was any less, so if say it was six hours, I would debate with myself whether or not I was going to go out and do the workout or I was going to get that extra hour sleep. Most times I took the extra hour sleep because I knew my body needed it. I knew that it needed to support me long term rather than getting the quick gain of a workout and that I could do a workout in the evening and I could be more flexible with myself and not berate myself for not making that time slot because life happens. You end up going you know, for dinners, for events, you know, and you end up being out later than you would be normally. And so things happen where you need to shift the goalposts a little bit and be more flexible with yourself. And I think that's really important with sustainable weight loss for anything. So whether that means in this 
um, in this instance where we're talking about sleep, where you miss the workout first thing in the morning because you want that extra bit of sleep to support long-term health. But I think with anything, it's about having a degree of flexibility and not beating yourself up over it, not giving yourself a hard time and just knowing that you're back on track again afterwards, you know. So with sleep, try your best to aim for seven to nine hours per night. It is 100% guaranteed to support healthy weight loss. It supports your rest, recovery. It will help lower those cortisol levels and improves overall cognitive brain function. Who doesn't need great cognitive brain function? We all want to have good brain function, especially as we age. So sleep, honestly, make it your number one priority. I honestly do. I love my sleep. And if you're not getting enough sleep, it will have an impact on what you eat the following day. So be mindful of that. These are my easy weight loss tips. And as always, as a nutritional health coach, I do offer a free initial health history. So obviously I offer coaching programs. So whether that be three or six months, depending on your goals. And so with the initial free health history, that's where we will go through everything that's going on in your diet, your life, your sleep patterns and so on and what those kind of goals look like for you right now and what it is that you're looking to achieve. And then we would look at how we could potentially work together and so on and whether or not it's a fit and whether or not it's supportive of you. Obviously, there there have been people who have come and taking, taken the free health history and got enough guidance from that to then just go ahead and do their own thing, which you're welcome to do. So there's no obligation, obviously, to sign up for a program, but other coaching clients have found the program really beneficial in terms of reaching those long-term sustainable health goals. And I'm so proud of them. Honestly, I am so proud of my coaches. They are smashing life at the moment. And yeah, I'm so proud of them. But if it is something that you are interested in getting a bit of extra support on, then please feel free to reach out and we can book in a call. But I think first and foremost, don't get um, too bogged down with what is on social media out there. Don't feel bad. Don't feel railroaded into joining any fad diets anytime soon. You want to enjoy your food. So follow what I've said today and I hope that it has given you some food for thought pardon the pun and I hope that you find it helpful and good luck on your weight loss journey whatever that looks like for you personally and as always if you need any tips or advice or anything further then please do feel free to or feel free to reach out and I would be happy to help in any shape or form. Have a fantastic week ahead. I hope you've enjoyed this week's podcast and I will speak to you all soon. Take care. 
Thank you all so much for listening to this week's podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, I would be so grateful if you could take some time to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast for future episodes. This helps keep you up to date with future releases, whilst also growing the podcast so that others can find it. Take care and see you all again soon.